Support for the Nonprofit Lab comes from exploration, the action of traveling in or through an unfamiliar area in order to learn about it. Exploration, adventure into new places, topics, things, and ideas to chart and expand new territories in your world, outside, and within. Welcome to the Nonprofit Lab, a podcast dedicated to the ongoing discovery of how we can all be a part of bigger social change through the lens of the nonprofit sector. I'm your host, Puya Porak. I'm an industrial engineer, human-centered designer, and CEO of MatchNice, a social impact tech startup with a mission to connect the nonprofit ecosystem and maximize social impact. Thanks for joining us on our startup journey as we look to uncover and shake up the status quo in the world of nonprofits. My guest today is Sherry Cheney-Jones, co-founder, president, and CEO of Sure Impact, a case management and impact measurement software company. For more than 20 years, Sherry has applied performance management evaluation and organization behavior best practices to nonprofit organizations and government agencies to improve outcomes and efficiencies. As an author, professor, and internationally recognized expert, Sherry believes in data, metrics, and accountability. Her foray in entrepreneurship began with Measurement Resources Company in 2010, which is now a national firm that increases the capacity of nonprofit and government sector organizations through high-performance practices and data-driven insights. In 2018, Sherry launched Shore Impact to automate and simplify the process of collecting and sharing outcomes and impact data. Sherry is a thought leader on public sector evaluation and applied organizational research. She is the author of Impact and Excellence, Data-Driven Strategies for Aligning Mission, Culture, and Performance in Nonprofit and Government Organizations. Sherry is passionate about women's equity and the advancement of girls, is the Columbus chapter president of the National Association of Women Business Owners and a commissioner for the Columbus Women's Commission for the mayor's office. In this episode, we go deep into what impact measurement in the nonprofit sector actually means, how and what to measure, why it's important for program evaluation and fundraising, and the common challenges with getting measurement started. We'll talk about the importance of qualitative data, the storytelling that gets to our hearts, and the facts and figures of quantitative measurement, and how when these two things come together, both can make donors want to give more and understand the impact of their donations, and your nonprofit staff better see and understand the impact of their day-to-day -day work. We'll go into how all of this impact data can help nonprofits be best positioned to win more grant opportunities, become better stewards for donors, focus on the why with staff, and ultimately increase the impact on the causes that nonprofits are tirelessly working towards. Here's my conversation with Sherry Cheney-Jones. Welcome to the Nonprofit Lab. How are you? 
I am wonderful. I am extremely excited to be here. I'm excited to have you. Impact measurement is this topic that when I first heard about it, one, one of my advisors talked about it like it was a holy grail in the nonprofit sector. And it's amazing to see what you've done in the space with Shore Impact. So um, tell us a little bit about yourself, um, maybe before we jump into sure. like everything that you're doing with Shore Impact and beyond. Yeah, thank you. So um, I've had a 20 year plus career in impact measurement. So to me, uh, measuring and communicating social impact for nonprofits is, is second, second nature, but I do understand that it's not second nature to everyone. So I love to talk about it, um, make it easier and accessible to uh, nonprofit leaders. So I'm excited for this particular opportunity. Um, yeah, so that's data metrics measures, what I do for fun and for a living. <laughs> well, um, tell us a little bit more about Sure Impact, mm -hmm. um, the mission, and like how would you describe the solution and kind of mm -hmm. the method methodology behind the solution that you provide? Yeah, so Sure Impact is a online cloud-based platform designed specifically for nonprofit government social enterprise sector. Um, and we will we probably will get into this later, kind of the motivation behind why I founded Sure Impact and developed the platform. But essentially we wanted to create a platform that was for nonprofits built by people with nonprofit experience because most products on the market today serving the nonprofits weren't built by people who really understand the nonprofit um, experience. And it helps these organizations track what they do, how well they do it, and how people and communities are better off because of the work that they're doing so that executive teams, leadership teams have these insights at their fingertips to make better decisions, tell their impact story, raise more money. Uh, we actually even have a way to seamlessly share your data uh, to multiple funders. So you save a lot of time on reporting and analysis. Really just, we wanna democratize data. Uh, we believe that data is power and what we focus on grows and making sure that nonprofits have the information they need to be the best organizations possible. Wow. And there's so many points to dive into in what you said. Um, and I definitely want to go a little deeper into um, kind of the, the exact way that nonprofits do use Sure Impact to mm -hmm. measure and how it supports funding and everything. But, yeah. you know, you have a, you mentioned a couple of decades, a fascinating journey with measurement and impact. So what led you to launch Sure Impact? What was that journey? Yeah, so I, if you would have told me a decade ago that I'd be uh, talking to you as the CEO of a, a tech startup, I would have, I said, no, 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 you're mistaken. You have the wrong girl. <laughs> um, I'm actually an industrial and organizational psychologist by training um, and have always been fascinated with using data to predict performance. Uh, and luckily for me, early on in my career, I had the opportunity to work uh, with a, a consulting firm that was working with people with severe and persistent mental illness and creating a product called the Job Profile Questionnaire. And this particular product, uh, this is gonna date me, but it was programmed on Microsoft Access. So <laughs> I was programming this Microsoft Access tool helping um, caseworkers help people with severe and persistent men mental illness find work. And so that led me to realize that I could use my passion for prediction and data uh, in the social good space. Um, so that led me to a 10-year career in government. And so in those roles, I was able to be a funder 
as well as a grantee. And my job was to evaluate the impact of our, our funding. So when we were making grants to nonprofits, my job was to evaluate you know, who should we provide that funding to, what their impact was. But then also um, I had to also take our own agency's data and share it up to our funders to ensure that we continue to get the funding. So I had this really unique um, view into the struggles that nonprofits had and the whole sector had related to measuring their impact, telling their impact, and then using that data to solve uh, complex social problems. And um, I leveraged kind of all that information and that passion. And in 2010, I left state government and started a company called Measurement Resources Company. And this particular organization is a consulting company. Its whole mission is to help uh, nonprofits have the, the structures, um, the data they need to, to tell their story and to use data to make decisions. Um, but from that experience, our customers were coming to me and saying, Sherry, we absolutely love the insights your firm is providing us. What technology should we be using? So we have this information at our fingertips and don't have to, you know, we love you, but we, we don't want to wait for you <laughs> to be able to crunch the numbers. And to be honest, you can only scale people so much. And we, we're living in a digital world, like technology should be solving this problem. Uh, so that's what led me to, to start to explore what would it look like if we were to build the product on the market, um, because I just didn't see that there was a, a solution out there solving this problem in the way that nonprofits needed it to be solved. And so that's how um, I became uh, the founder of a, a technology platform that's helping to disrupt and revolutionize how nonprofits think about measuring and communicating their impact. That's such an impressive journey and uh, so cool to see your passion leading the way throughout that and the common theme being that common theme being around um, measurement and impact you know you mentioned that you were you know looking out on the market to try to find a solution or you know didn't see what you wanted to 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 see and yeah. so you ended up creating sure impact what was it that you felt like was missing um, in the market when you were evaluating these existing measurement solutions compared to what you know you saw the the need being? Yeah, I thought there was there's two classes of software uh, before Sure Impact. So we there there was the traditional case well maybe three I'll say there was the traditional case management platforms which did a great job at just tracking you know individually how someone might be going through a nonprofit and the services that they are being provided but it didn't think like an impact and outcomes engine so the the reporting components of it the analysis really the aggregation of that data and frankly, even the helping nonprofits think about what's the best thing to measure, that wasn't their sweet spot. So even though you may have data living in those types of systems, making sense of it for impact, it's not a great tool for that. Then there was another class of products that uh, maybe were better at analytics and reporting. However, it assumed that you had the data to put into these platforms to analyze it for you or to report it. And in what we were finding, frankly, is that you know less than uh, about 25% of nonprofits at the time had the right data to even tell the impact story. So what we knew is that we needed a solution for both. We needed a solution that help nonprofits do their jobs better and help the line staff, you know, just manage their day-to-day -day workflow. But if we could design it in a way that helped them collect the right data and analyze the right data, 
then we would be solving for, for both problems in one solution. And that's exactly what Sure Impact is, right? You, I think yes. the way you explain it to me is this, it's a case management system. So it's um, a platform that people at the nonprofit are using day to day. And mm -hmm. it happens to also collect the the metrics around impact. So yeah. um, wh why is it that you believe that impact measurement is so important for nonprofit organizations? Yeah. So there's two reasons that this is that fuels my passion. And the first side of it is to ensure that we are um, delivering high quality, impactful services. Uh, I mentioned my early days in working in government, the very first uh, program I was ever asked to evaluate, we learned we were making kids worse. Um, it was within a juvenile uh, court setting. Uh, young people were court ordered to this particular social service program. And, um, you know, controlling for various variables, we learned that um, kids were more likely to go back into the juvenile justice system than those who were not court ordered to this program. And when you controlled for, you know, socioeconomic status, uh, felony, all that type of things. So we knew without a shadow of a doubt, like there was something fundamentally wrong with this program, but it had the people who are running the program were wonderful people. It wasn't the fact that they were trying to do harm or that they, you know, didn't have the best intentions for the young people they were serving. So very early on that, that experience shaped my worldview. And it's like, it's responsible, right? We want to do good. We need to have the right metrics to ensure that we really are doing good. So that is like the core of why I think this is so important is that, um, you know, what we focus on grows and we need to, if our, our missions are really what we want to achieve in the world, we should have metrics around that and be managing to it. So that's one reason. Now, the second reason is because, um, you know, before I launched my first company, Measurement Resources Company, I did a whole research study about the impact of measurement and impact measurement on the nonprofit sector. And what I learned is that organizations with this type of data are significantly more likely to raise more money and be more sustainable. So when you put those things together, we all know the nonprofits have this um, double bottom line where they have to manage to impact and manage to the, the funding and the sustainability of their organization. We know that impact measurement and data increase both of those. So that's why it's so fundamental uh, for nonprofits to be focusing on it. So true. Couldn't agree more with everything you just said. And, you know, it's, there's kind of an ethical imperative for nonprofits to be measuring, um, to look in the mirror and um, evaluate whether their programming and efforts are actually moving the needle towards the desired outcomes and um, being able to course correct or update that kind of plan. It seems like um, there's, from what I've learned, there's a couple of kind of factors to maybe why many nonprofits aren't dedicating the time and resources to measurement. One is they don't have the time and resources, right? Like <laughs> yeah. it used to be that impact measurement was just a given and donors funded those initiatives uh, around measurement. Mm -hmm. And then it went away and it wasn't important. And now donors want that data, but they're not necessarily funding those Mm -hmm. initiatives. So yeah. it's kind of this chicken and egg situation and, and there's this ethical kind of piece to it. You know, what, what advice do you have for nonprofits that know 
in their heart of hearts, like, yeah, we need to be measuring, but they just don't know where to start. Yeah. Yeah. So that there's a lot to unpack there, but I think, um, there's a few things And the first is just, just do it. Like, you know, it doesn't have to be, to be perfect. You've got to start somewhere. So just start. Um, and we, we talk about, there's three types of data that a nonprofit should kind of do an audit of and assess. Do they have these three types of data? So of course we need to be tracking, you know, what do we do and who are we doing it for? So these are just basic demographic data of the people you serve. And then, um, the services, the kind of the dose of services or the intervention. So that's more of your outputs data, but even that level, some nonprofits struggle talking about or collecting. And, and from a, from a, you know, kind of making sure we're hitting the needs of the people that we serve. I think that's just the fundamental basic. So, you know, we say, if you don't have anything, start there, get, know the demographics of the people you serve. And then, um, the doses or, or the types of services are providing and how they're engaging with your organization. But don't stop there uh, because, you know, I talked about that court experience. They could talk about the number of young people they served and the, the you know, racial makeup of them, but the outcomes is what's so important. So then ask yourself, why does our organization exist? Why do, do we do what we do? Is it to increase educational outcomes? Is it to increase job stability, income stability, housing stability, right? Most, I always say that the, the nonprofit sector can be defined by this one very broad mission statement, which is uh, creating happy, healthy communities where everyone has an opportunity to thrive. So ask yourself, where are we on that spectrum? How do we create that help healthy community where everyone has a chance to thrive and find just one or two things, the changes that you want to see in the people you serve. And those are your, those are your results, right? Is is it, they, they live happily in the community and don't go back to, you know, in this case, the juvenile justice system, or is it that they stop smoking or that they, you know, stay maintained employed? It's, it, you know, I guess I do this so often that I feel like it's, um, it's maybe a little easier than it really is, <laughs> but uh, that's that's where you start. And so we, we want to make sure we have just a couple measures of, of making sure that we're hitting on our mission goals and that we're tracking it. And then back to how do you get started? I mean, really, that's the fundamental of why we created uh, Sure Impact, because what we were hearing from nonprofit leaders is, they didn't have enough time. They didn't have enough staff. They didn't have enough expertise. They didn't have enough trained staff. And we said, okay, what if we created a platform that took out what I call the not enoughs? Uh, what if we removed all the hard? And so that you have a technology platform that actually it actually guides you. We have best, we have a measures library of best practice measures. So if you are a housing organization, guess what? Here's what other housing organizations track. Would any of these work for you? If you're a behavioral health organization, here are these. Would these work for you? Right. So taking out that we don't know where to start, we it, the infrastructure is right there for you um, to help you be successful. And then of course the automation and the data analysis piece that's extremely time consuming. So we took out all of that uh, need for expertise and and someone to to crunch numbers and manipulate spreadsheets. So we're we're trying to take out all as many barriers as possible. That's so key to success for any technology provider or service provider in the nonprofit sector. And it seems like you've been incredibly thoughtful about your approach with that. So let's say I'm a nonprofit and mm -hmm. I 
Sherry, I listened to you. I'm starting measurement and I'm doing uh, collecting data around these kind of inputs and outputs. And mm -hmm. I'm really striving to make the connection to some of the outcomes that we might be driving uh, based on that really beautiful mission, kind of overall mission that you mentioned. Mm -hmm. How do you see nonprofits then using this data and communicating the data internally, you know, through their staff to boards, to, to donors and back to the communities they serve? Mm -hmm. How have you seen kind of the utility of this data serving nonprofits and i know fundraising of course is a big link yeah. to that but uh, talk about talk about kind of the use of the data mm -hmm. yeah so one of my uh, kind of we all have the shining stars nonprofits do too right they've got their great uh story case studies they love to tell but um there's an organization who is serving young people and their big goal is to reverse uh diagnosis of mental health uh, in young people from one in five, do you know that? One in five young people have mental health symptomology. Uh, and so they're like, you know what? We want to reverse that to one in 10 in this generation, mm -hmm. which is a big goal. I absolutely love working with uh, nonprofit executives and boards who are willing to share their big, hairy, audacious goal and go for it. And they know because those leaders know that they can't get there without measuring data and doing what works and scaling it. And so this particular organization came to me and they said, you know, we we think we believe we're doing great work and we have a lot of compliance data, but we don't know um, we don't know our outcomes. And so we're like, well, we're great at that. We can help you measure that. And so they started to track at an aggregate level how they were returning young people to, to normal functioning. So coming in with distress symptoms, returning to normal functioning. And we help them quantify that. So you can't even talk about your social return on investment until you know what is your success rate. Um, so kind of building on, you know, it's a journey. It doesn't happen overnight. You've got to develop the infrastructure, collect the data. So they were able to, to know their, um, their success rate. And we can debate whether it was good or bad, but they knew that I think it was like 68% of the young people at the time were leaving their program at functioning. But when they looked at, and this particular program happened in schools, they co-created and co-produced these schools. When they looked at the schools they were serving, um, they found out that they were basically, for one, it was maybe $1,500 to, to get one kid to a successful outcome. Not Now, did you hear what I said? I said, get to a successful outcome, not serve them. Mm -hmm. Because we only took the program costs and divided by the number of successful kids. Mm -hmm. So that's that's a key, like just... Let your listeners think about that. <laughs> we call that cost for success. How much does it how much does it cost to get someone to a successful outcome? Then they looked at what was the savings to the community in terms of you know access to higher need services, disruptions to the schools, disciplinary action, all that stuff. They learned that they were saving the community ten thousand dollars in community costs per kid. So you give me $1,500, I'm going to not only just use that to serve a child, I'm going to use that to get to a successful outcome. And I'm going to save you uh, the community $10,000 in costs. Like that was a very compelling argument, but they could have only done it if they had the data. They then took this story, took this message, you know, shared it with funders and community members. And now they're in every single uh, school within their district. And, you know, they continue during the pandemic when uh, money was flowing to communities uh, and leaders had to distribute it quickly. 
guess who got the call? They got the call, not just because, because the, the funders knew that if we give you this, this money to deliver and scale your services, you, you are going to be using data to drive your decisions. So we know that it'll be put to good use. So it's just this site. It's like this whole cycle of yes, it increases your sustainability. It helps you fundraise, but it also helps the nonprofit leaders make sure that they're using their money wisely in an impactful way. Um, so just the, the scale and the, I mean, that's their goal, right? Their mission is to reverse that trend. So if they want to reverse that trend, they need to get to every single young person in their community um, who's experiencing distress. And therefore they've got to raise a lot of money to do it. So anyway, as you can see, I've got a lot of passion around this. Clearly, <laughs> <laughs> And it's, and it's uh, clearly also having an impact um, by helping other nonprofits quantify mm -hmm. and amplify yeah. their own impact. And I love the the way you distinguished like serve, serving versus outcomes. You know, this was one of the epiphanies for me as I've been diving into the world of measurement is that a lot of the time measurement stops at the activity counting mm -hmm. and the bridge to well, what is the actual outcome that we're driving becomes very opaque and difficult because as you know, uh, it's very hard to say, you know, this caused this. There's so many mm -hmm. other factors that are at play, but you've created this methodology to be able to fairly make that connection back to yeah. outcomes. And then also quantifying, well, not only did we drive these outcomes, but what is the effect on the community at a, as mm -hmm. a whole uh, from this? So that's super cool that you've been able to build a, a system around this. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's a, and I think uh, we were talking earlier and you you mentioned something about the pinnacle, right? Like what is the, you know, what's the, the end goal? When will this be uh, at your full vision, I guess? And that's what excites me is that when, you know, the way Share Impact is structured, it has the right data structure in order to start to answer some of those more interesting, to be honest, for me, it's the more interesting questions. It's what is the relationship between service doses of services and results? And we have a organization that serves people in um, their, their formerly homeless. They provide supportive services in permanent housing. And they learned because they had, what did we do? How well would you do it? And how people are better off data um, through Sure Impact. They were able to see that the clients who were receiving case management services were significantly more likely to remain stably housed, but only some funders paid for that case management service. So using the data, they were able to take it to other funders and say, look, our data says that if you really care about stable housing, we need to provide these wraparound services and these particular clients don't qualify due to federal regulations or whatever. So they found private funders to, to supplement so everyone could receive case management. And so again, it's that happy circle effect. But if we can start to have that those types of insights into what really works, we can scale what works and stop doing what doesn't work. And that's what we all want to do at the end of the day. Yeah. And I'm, I'm kind of, I'm glad you brought it back to the idea of the pinnacle and kind of mm -hmm. looking at measurement for nonprofits that either don't have it or are thinking about it or, or are doing it in a rudimentary way to begin with this maturity model and that you don't quite get to what you're talking about just now overnight. So 
can can you lay out that maturity model like mm -hmm. the you know i know we've touched on it a little bit yeah. over here and there but like how how would you explain like the the flow and um kind of sophistication and where to start to to kind of get to that pinnacle that mm -hmm. you just mentioned yeah so i think there a lot of it um one thing we we did learn is that really the the driving force between using data in your organization and actually achieving these results that I'm talking about, these uh, high-performing nonprofits have done, is it starts with the willingness and commitment of leadership. So that, and sometimes that's a hard, it shouldn't be, but sometimes that's the first barrier and something that I think nonprofits really have to grapple with is that are they committed uh, to learning things they might not want to learn? Yeah, uh, because with data come can come. I told you about the one uh, story where we learned we weren't making pe people better, um, and you can learn that. But I think that's a gift. I think uh, that 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 helps us go back onto the right track. So I see I see that as gifts. I love when we learn. I mean, I love that when we validate that things are working, but also I love when we learn that things aren't, so we can improve them. Um, but making sure that the leadership is committed to that um, and is willing to kind of lead with that vulnerability. Um, that's probably the first framework. And it's one that people don't like to talk about when they talk about data, but really that's the first thing we have to, to get to. But let's assume that everyone's like, yep, we understand it. We might learn things we, we don't wanna learn, but we see it as the gift and we know we can pivot and use that to grow and scale and, and do better next time. Then uh, again, it's, it's then understanding, okay, uh, what are those three types of data? What do we do? You know, having metrics of how will we do it and how people are better off. Of course, I'm biased, but I think we're in 2023. Getting some technology to help you do it uh, helps a lot and in integrating it into your organization because um, it takes a lot of the heart out. Um, but it's not until at an individual level you have those three types of data that you can really be able to understand what's driving the change you desire to have. Because without those three types of data on an individual record level, all you're doing is reporting aggregate information, which is interesting and it tells a story, but it doesn't help you know where to pinpoint action and activity. Hmm. Sherry, do you see a difference in the approach or maybe even the challenges around measurement given the size of a nonprofit organization? Yes, and <laughs> so I think that one of we haven't talked about the fact that I, I did publish a book on this um, called Impact and Excellence, and I did a lot of research uh, related to um, the size of an organization and their ability to mm. collect and measure and use data. Um, and the cool thing we found is that there was no correlation between the size and their ability to use data and measure outcomes. So to me, that was that was like groundbreaking, exciting research. So it's it's not that in, in some ways, the smaller nonprofits, I think, have it easier, um, especially if they're new. Like I'm envious of, of nonprofit startups that are starting today because they can put all that we know in place now. So they're able to say, okay, we're starting up 
We know measurement is going to be part of our, our program, part of our design. We're going to start from the beginning and have, you know, have these metrics in place and start collecting data from day one. And they, so in some ways, the smaller ones have it easier, which is probably not what you thought I was going to say. <laughs> no, actually, it kind of is because I, I'm on the board of a smaller nonprofit and yeah. just navigating things at the onset is so much easier than mm -hmm. I part of the root of the question was also kind of thinking about more legacy nonprofits that maybe mm -hmm. have been running for 25, 30, 50 yeah. years, um, where some change might be a little bit more difficult to introduce. Um, yes. so. Yeah. So the, yeah, the larger ones, the more established ones, there's often um, some change management that has to go on, right? Because someone has their processy, they love that process, they this new technology is not, you know, it's it's new. Um, so more change management has to happen, but that's probably true for any new initiative that these nonprofits have to take on, whether it's, you know, a new program design or moving from virtual or, you know, in person to virtual, like, <laughs> so. Yeah. <laughs> so Sure Impact does this outstanding job of quantifying um, the activity and translating that into success and outcomes, um, ways that nonprofits can then use that data to feed this virtual circle, uh, this virtual cycle of, of funding and engagement and uh, kind of understanding the direction of a program. What about qualitative data? Mm -hmm. How do you see the importance of, you know, like interviews or just testimonials, statements, um, that kind of fitting into this overall structure of impact measurement, the more maybe intangible outcomes, because, yeah. you know, like the storytelling that you've done on the show already mm -hmm. is just, there's such an emotional connection. And I think that there's a tendency with measurement and numbers to kind of be like, okay, my, my logical brain kicks on and I'm like, this is impressive. This is amazing. There's impact. But then sometimes we can lose maybe that kind of the humanity, the story of the individual, mm -hmm. the family as part of that. So how do you see yeah. qualitative data meshing with the quantitative data that you're providing? Yeah, thank you. I love that question because um, people often hear me talk about, you know, quantitative data and data measures and they've all been trained about stories and storytelling and the importance of that. And yes, it's a yes and um, because, and there's a lot of research around this as well, is that as humans, we we make decisions based on emotion. Um, so when you're talking to a potential donor or even your staff, like those stories, those, those case studies, those are so important because they're going to help us, you know, really relate to what you're talking about, understand it, but we rationalize our decisions with logic in our brain. And so those numbers are going to help us, I mean, you know, not just us, but help our donors are those, those individuals kind of say, yeah, yeah, I do. I do want to be part of that. Right. Cause no one's going to like, when I go back to the, the nonprofit that was talking about helping the kids with their mental health functioning, no one's going to deny that they don't want uh, young people to, you know, they don't want people to experience mental health distress. Like most people will say, absolutely. That's an important cause. But they're also saying, well, we have, we have limited resources. And although I wish them well, I, you know, it's not for me, but when you start to then say, oh, by the way, your 
for donation is going to you know save this kind of money in community costs and now there's more there's like oh okay it's not just like one happy feel-good story like this is this is important work like it's still important work but you see how the the power of the investment becomes a no-brainer yeah you know the the space i've personally gotten to work on um and to kind of make those two things come to life is working on a case statement for a nonprofit, the appeal for support. And, mm -hmm. you know, if, if it's just all kind of quotes and stories, but part of, part of me as a donor and, and as a team member is longing for some, something more like concrete, like more of a yeah. proof point. And if yeah. it's all just numbers and figures, I'm also like, where, what's the, what's the, the heart in this? So yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm really happy that you've kind of underscored the importance of both of those sides and, you know, you can't get anywhere without both of those mm -hmm. things kind of working together. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know, when you see an, a weight loss commercial or something like that and the, in the asterisk, it's like results, not typical. I mean, I think <laughs> that the nonprofit donors have that same skepticism when they hear a, a, a pitch, right? It's like, oh, is there that asterisk below it? It says not results not typical. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, you know, that's an interesting segue because, you know, one of the things as, as someone who's worked with a broad variety of technology and different, you know, you know, management systems, databases, it's it's also kind of this risk of like garbage in, garbage out of mm -hmm. like making sure the data quality is really important. Yeah. Um what are some of the greatest challenges that you see nonprofits facing with impact measurement when they do approach these tools and maybe the, the kind of discipline and accountability that it takes to have a quality, the quality inputs that it requires to, to have quality mm -hmm. outputs? Yeah. So we knew, you know, always data quality is, is key to, to successful and real metrics. And so when we were designing True Impact, we were very uh, kind of conscientious of that and and made some significant uh features in the product to ensure that accountability so uh, for example each person with a login has their own unique uh sure impact dashboard so they are able to see you know how am i personally moving the needle wait this is what my leadership is going to see you know so they know oh i'm missing data Oh, someone's going to come ask me, why isn't this data entered? So really, you can even use technology to help fuel um, data quality. And um, so that's something we do. And, and we also know that, especially in nonprofits with, that have challenges with collecting data, it's because the line staff are asked to, to input information, but they never get to see the results of that. Right. And there's nothing more frustrating than feel like you're doing something that's not providing value. Um, and so again, with Sure Impact, there's this constant feedback loop at all levels. So you have immediate, it's like you're getting dopamine <laughs> in your brain, just like when we scroll Facebook or whatever, you're getting this, this immediate kind of reward for um, entering the information. That's so outstanding. Um, you know, I had the privilege of implementing and, and designing and managing part of Delta's customer experience management program, uh, Delta Airlines, where we did just that, connecting frontline staff to real-time feedback from customers. And when they logged in, they saw, you know, the the 
the impact of of what they were doing on mm -hmm. the customer and that rolled up the entire organization and it did create awesome. this level of accountability and what you're saying is like it's so cool to see that i've never heard of another product kind of creating that same level of um connection to the mm -hmm. mission you know the other kind of similar connection that i'm seeing happen in government, as, as, as I mentioned, I, I consult for health and human services mm -hmm. organizations, and we deliver these digital transformations and products and case management tools like you're talking about for a lot of, you know, um, different types of public assistance programs. Mm -hmm. And like, it's so much more motivating for uh, a caseworker to log in and say, you know, it's, it's not that I have 500 client IDs to work through this week, but it's, this is how many meals we put on the table. This is how many lights we helped turned on. Like this is how many families were able to see the doctor because yeah. of the work that we're doing. So what you're, what you're emphasizing, that's super cool about impact measurement that maybe didn't click for me as much before is also it's, it's not about doing the measurement just for the outside in view it's the inside out for your yes. organization to also have that deep connection to what they're doing. Just like, just like you said. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it, you know, I think that's what has always fueled me the most is just, but I think it's the industrial and organizational psychology in me, right? It's that it's about creating these high-performing organizations, high-performing teams. And it wasn't until uh, I really got deep into the nonprofit world. I was like, Oh, people are motivated by uh, getting the grants and getting the money. <laughs> I guess I should care about that too. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about that. Can, so, you know, government funding is a huge piece of the overall charitable pie for many nonprofit organizations. Mm -hmm. In fact, um, my understanding is that there are a lot of nonprofits that largely, if not fully rely on government grants as their primary source of funding. Mm -hmm. Um, can you explain how like the flow of capital goes from government down to the nonprofit level and how yeah. nonprofits can be best positioned to? Yeah, yeah. So um, I can speak to that pretty, pretty well, because I've lived that um, world for a long time. And so oftentimes, um, you know, you've got your, it can come from a variety of different sources, but if you think about it, you've got your federal government and Congress that are setting budgets. You have your state government and the state legislature who's setting budgets. And then there's um, your county and local government who's also setting budgets. Now, sometimes the funding is going from the states or from the feds to the states, to the cities, to the nonprofits. <laughs> like it's It can be very complicated, but at the end of the day, you have to figure out who is the top, right? Is it the state's legislature that's that's distributing this to um, the, the state agencies, which are giving it down to the local nonprofits? You know, understanding that flow is really important, but it doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter which level it's coming from. Those government leaders are going to be accountable. Um, and I, you know, we can all argue about this, but at the end of the day, there is some accountability. When you look at the where funding streams are, government is the most accountable funding stream of any social sector charitable giving. Um, and they're going to have to account for how the money was spent. And if you can communicate your outcomes, you're going to be just significantly more likely to be the one getting the grants than those who can't. Um, because that funding body has to turn around and tell some other funding body 
how they spent the money. And I think that's sometimes what nonprofits don't realize is that whoever is granting you your money often has to turn that around to someone else and tell them how how well they spent that money. The ability to communicate the impact and traction and, and the outcomes that you're creating surely will better position your nonprofit to uh, take you know a piece of this government grant pie. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you know there's also the um, kind of the other side of the coin of you've received the money now you you're reporting back to the the grant provider about yeah. you know what you did with it. Um, can you can you talk about kind of like I think when we we discussed this last time you mentioned that you know it's it's it can be a little bit of a black box in terms of mm-hmm. the reporting back and and how sure yeah. impact maybe illuminates that a little bit. Yeah. So my my vision, if I can like just be completely frank and honest here, and and we built sure impact to be this way, is that we believe in the old state. So the old framework is that government funders, because there was no other option, right? The, the nonprofits didn't have the data they needed, but the funders need, the government funders needed to tell their general assembly or whomever how they spent the money. Mm-hmm. They then said, here, nonprofit, you must track these things and use this system, put this data in this system. And the challenge was, although the nonprofits were putting the data in that system, they were never getting that, we talked about that feedback loop. They didn't know how well they were doing. So the government is thinking, this is my data because I funded these programs. So it's my data and it is their data. They did fund the programs, but it's also should be the nonprofit's data. So what Sure Impact allows nonprofits to do is seamlessly share their data with their funders. So they can be an amazing collaborator and an amazing partner, but they still have the insights for their own work right there um, and can so it's kind of, I'm hoping, you know, I'm, I've got a few government uh, organizations using Sure Impact in this way, but I, if we could change that model and change that thinking, um, whether we do it with Sure Impact or some other solution, then it's a huge win. <laughs> I agree. It, and and you've been talking about the return on investment um, for measurement. And the case to me is very very clear. And I I love how you also earlier said kind of like the double-sided return impact Mm -hmm. as well as like investment. Um, How how do you frame return on investment for nonprofits? I think what I'm learning and have been learning is there is a scarcity mindset in the sector and it can be very difficult for a variety of very legitimate reasons for nonprofits to even be in a position to consider investing in something like sure impact or an mm-hmm. in, impact measurement process or tool. Yeah. But how, do, how do you frame ROI for nonprofits overall? Yeah. Yeah. So I guess I feel like um, we would, would you imagine trying to run a nonprofit right now with that, with, um, without, email, internet, you know, that's just the cost of doing business. No board is sitting there saying, well, I don't, I don't know if we should invest in um, the internet (laughs) (laughs) or, or like this email solution. What? I I, I don't think we should pay for that. I don't think we should pay for lights. Like it, I think personally, I think that if your mission is to change lives and you're not measuring how you're changing lives, is is that really your mission? (laughs) Are you really serious about it? It's kind of the 
the cost of doing business um, mm-hmm. is one way I, I think about it. But let's let's take that aside. Um, the cost to invest in a product like Sure Impact is significantly less than the cost to invest in a person to do the same work. And if and if you are looking to grow and scale and deliver real value, then you probably want to hire people who are going to be out in the field, right? Or out talking and building relationships with funders and donors, not sitting behind a desk crunching numbers. When you can, at a fraction of a cost, have a, a technology help support you so that you can go take those same resources and invest them in the things that move your your mission forward. Um, so that's how I think about ROI from, you know, why why should a nonprofit think about investing in a technology solution to help them do this? Um, I think, I don't know, but then there's this other ROI, which is how does the nonprofit communicate the return on investment to their stakeholder, their return on investment to their stakeholders? Because unlike, you know, a for-profit entity where it's really easy to say, hey, invest in my company buy my stock and I'm going to produce these returns to you, right? There's a direct financial ROI. So nonprofits though have the opportunity to talk to taxpayers, funders, the community members about how that investment, and I already shared an example of that, right? How that investment reduces the reliance on taxpayers, or in some cases you can talk about increases uh, the benefit, like maybe it's reduction in healthcare costs. Well, that benefits us all really, because you know, our insurance rates are, are going up because uh, people are consuming more higher end healthcare. Well, if if we have a nonprofit that is helping reduce those, guess what? That helps us all. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I appreciate the way you you uh, position that as, you know, we the sector should evolve to seeing impact measurement as a table stakes part of operation, whether you're considering founding a nonprofit, this should be something that's in your budget or plan. Mm -hmm. Um, And whether you've been operating for 50 or 100 years, this needs to be front and center. And if, if, you know, coming back to kind of the ethical, like perspective of this, like Mm -hmm. you should absolutely be looking at the measurement. So I I think it's very, um, it's common sense to me. And I appreciate the way you explained it. And I think many executive directors or nonprofit founders have to get boards on board uh, with yeah. these with with these things. So I appreciate kind of the the different angles that you provided on that. And you know, the status quo in the sector being not looking at in the mirror to measuring impact. Um, mm-hmm. love that you're on the forefront of driving this positive shift in the sef- sector and I, and I commend you and thank you for for being a leader in that space. What's another status quo in the nonprofit sector that you'd like to see changed? Oh, geez. Um, Well, we talked a lot about them already. Um, Scarcity mindset being one of them that we we just, we have to change. We have to change the scarcity mindset. Um, I don't, I, this whole attitude of, charity I don't know I I I can't even articulate it because it really baffles me because nothing no innovation has ever come without pioneer thinking Mm. you know and we're we're talking about real 
complex problems that are going to require innovation and and no innovation happens with a scarcity mindset. <laughs> so I really, I don't know, I don't know how that started. Like, I guess maybe in one in my spare time, I'm going to start to dig through the history of the scarcity mindset in the nonprofit sector. It's, we didn't end up where the sector is by accident. And, you know, I think it's worthwhile for me to also go back and really try to paint the picture of how we got to where we are. I know um, it can be frustrating on the other side, listening to this and maybe thinking like, well, you think we want it to be this way? Like, <laughs> It's like, no, um, but yeah. I, 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 it's this conversation, the, the awareness that's happening around it that I think is a critical part of the movement and not just calling it out and saying, we need to change, but saying we need to change in here here's here are some ways here's some things that you could do today to yeah. be part of this movement to change yeah and i and i i i hope i didn't come across as uh no not at all because i absolutely love this sector i've devoted my whole life to serve it it's just um you know i was having a conversation earlier this morning where a friend of mine was asking a board what do we need to like completely blow up mm. To, to see the changes we desire to change. And the board was like, nothing. And I'm thinking, but we all know the the adage that if you if you do what you've always done, you'll get what you've always gotten. So if we're okay with overwhelm and not enough capacity, if we're okay with that, then let's just keep doing what we've always done. But um, yeah, I think it's having being okay to have these tough conversations yeah um and and you know what i think there is this this fear something i want i do want to give everyone credit is there is a fear that if we we look at our data and it doesn't say what we hope it says that we might lose our funding so it does take a partnership between the funders to say no no we'll welcome the learning you know we'll see it as a gift too because now we're we know and you know when we know something we can do something about it burying our heads in the stand does not empower us to do something better. Perfectly said. Thanks. Well, Sherry, it's been quite the conversation. I'm really excited about all the insights and nuggets of wisdom that you've been sharing with us. I just have one final question for you, one that I ask all of my guests. What is it that you want your lasting legacy to be? Um, well, I have four children, so <laughs> I guess I'll bring it back personally. Um, I hope that through my work and um, the risks that I've taken and the pioneering, I like to think of that I have a pioneering spirit, that they will then grow up to whatever whatever it is that they're destined to do will also take big, bold, risky, not in a bad way, but in a great way, right? Decisions to, to move society forward. Um, you know, and then because if they do that, then their children will learn that and do that. So, you know, that's pretty personal, but I see that as a, as a ripple effect. And then also as a woman, I must bring this here too, as a, as a, a woman, uh, tech founder, there's, if you haven't noticed, there's not a lot of us. <laughs> <laughs> and so to be that example to other women that you, you can do it and you should do it. If you have an idea, Go do it. Make it happen. Well, Sherry Jones, 
thank you so much. I celebrate you as a person. I celebrate the impact that you're creating and measuring and showing to the nonprofit sector. It's been an absolute privilege to speak with you, to learn with you, and I'm looking forward to staying in touch. Thanks for so, thanks so much for dedicating all this time to to chatting with me today. Yeah, this is a lot of fun. Thank you. There you go. Another episode of the Nonprofit Lab is in the books. Check out the episode description for links to Shore Impact, Sherry's book, Impact and Excellence, Data-Driven Strategies for Aligning Mission, Culture, and Performance in Nonprofit and Government Organizations. You know, measurement is the basis for knowing if we're going in the right direction, how to course correct, and also proving to ourselves and to the world that what we're doing is truly making the difference that we intend to make. With that, you've probably heard these quotes of, you know, what gets measured gets done. And if you can't measure it, you can't improve it. So here's one more quote from Grace Hopper. She was a computer scientist, mathematician, United States Navy Rear Admiral, a maverick and an innovator who said, one accurate measurement is worth a thousand expert opinions. What do you think? Did you learn anything new from this episode? If you enjoyed this or other episodes of the Nonprofit Lab, please feel free to like, subscribe, rate, and share our podcast with the world. It really helps us out a lot. And until next time, and as always, be well.